Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on Internet Land and Socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Nice. Can you hear me? I guess I you can. can. <laughs> here. How are you? Good. Good to see you. It's been so long. Nice I to see you. I know. Yeah, you too. It's crazy. So yeah. how's things? Oh my God. So crazy. Like yeah. last year, like so much shit has happened that I can't, I don't even know where to begin. But Insanity. Right. I mean, right now, it's, you know, the baby is amazing. He's he's definitely like this little, um, he's like my little Xanax. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was going to say, congratulations. First of all. Thank you. Um, it's so funny. Like I had insomnia my whole life and since he's been born, it's been cured, which really? is like, it's, it's the craziest thing. Like I, I have, um, when I had my daughter, you know, almost 11 years ago, it was so different. I was so freaked out and scared and I yeah. didn't know what I was thinking. Like I, thought what you know I had to, I read all these books and was trying to go buy books and this time I'm just going by intuition and like whenever I oh, hold it nice. I, I start getting so sleepy and I'm like oh my gosh the oxytocin's working <laughs> so like I, I have been able to like even like even though I have to wake up every like three hours I'm still like I sleep those three hours amazing so oh that's so cool it's so it crazy a lot of fears to bed for me too yeah as long as you just <laughs> don't read don't read any books yeah, that's kind of what I hear. I listened to another podcast with Pete Holmes and he was talking about when he when they had their first child or I guess their only child and he was saying how it was just so when he just quieted his mind and and listened to his intuition, it just became so much easier. So much easier. That's yeah. so cool. So you have two kids now, right? I have 3 now. Oh, 3. Okay. Um so officially last week my guardianship with my niece um went through. Oh. So very cool. Uh, yeah, so so she's she's mine now fully. Nice. So, so I have you know two big girls and um, one little boy. Yeah, you've got a bonus child now. Yeah, my bonus daughter. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's cool. Are you still yeah. in the same place? Are you still working out of the same place? Living in the same place? Yeah, we're still in Pasadena. Um, we're actually looking. We're preparing to buy. Um, we've been renting here. So. Oh, cool. Yeah, we look, we're starting to, um, we want to buy by the end of, uh, by the beginning of summer, this, you know, next 22. Next year. Uh, yeah. So we're looking, we kind of, we have a, we could go, we're looking Lake Arrowhead even. Oh, I love Lake Arrowhead. Yeah. Yeah. All the way to like also staying here, but um, prices are, you know, what we, we, we can get in the mountains is like, com, you know, not even comparable to what we can get here. So. Yeah. But also well, you're in the mountains. I mean, it's beautiful over there. Yeah. Both my partner and I work at home, so it's not like you know we have to go anywhere. Exactly, yeah. and maybe by that time the housing prices will uh, calm down a little bit. It's think, just insanity right now. 
Yeah, I think they will because I think people they'll realize that people still can't afford to buy those houses. So right, right. No, the people yeah. who are buying them now can't afford to buy them now, and exactly. if they keep going up. Like if I saw something because I'm like subscribed to Redfin, and I saw this thing that said like in our area the housing market is supposed to go up 14.5 percent in the next year, which is like uh, okay, so people already can't afford. <laughs> How's that going to help out? You know, oh, yeah, they're going to not going to work. So were you yeah. thinking? Uh, you were starting to say that maybe you were going to go even further. Like, are you thinking about the desert too? Um, desert was actually the first thought. I've always loved Joshua Tree and just that yeah. place. But it is so hot in the summer. It's crazy. I don't think I'd be able to handle that. Like, I would. I it would be a really great second location, like a second like place to have. But I think living there full time, I don't think I would be okay in that heat. Like a winter home. Yeah. Yeah. It just yeah. even. Like, just going up there in the summer for a couple of days would be fine, but just full time, I don't think I would be okay. So that's why we're like Lake Arrowhead. So yeah, that's we'll closer and it's a lot cooler. Yeah, absolutely. But the desert's cool. I mean, that's what we did the first time we did it because we couldn't afford anything either. We bought something in the desert that was really cheap and we just rented it out for a while and it was great. But yeah, going over there in the summertime, sometimes it'd be like 119, 120 degrees. Yeah. It's and you know, it's the houses there, everyone from Hollywood is going into the desert now. Yeah. And we're houses and they're up to a million dollars now. They're crazy. Yeah. yeah like, I like, think Betsy Etzenberg just moved over there. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Do you know Betsy? Yeah. 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 yeah I think she's over there now. Yeah. The houses are just as expensive now as LA. I'm like, what is happening? It's supposed to be like a hundred, you know, for a hundred thousand dollars, you're supposed to get like a giant house. And now it's like 800,000. Oh, my God. That's yeah. insane. I think maybe in the desert, it will probably go down a little bit more than in LA, I would yeah, assume. It's insane. There's like plenty of, the only reason it's so expensive in LA is because there's no room, but in the desert, there's plenty of room. So yeah, whatever. But um, I'm just excited to own a home finally. Oh my God. Yeah. You're going to love it. And I'm, I'm assuming you're going to have like a separate studio space, like a garage yeah. or something ADU. Yeah. And that way we can like build something if I need to. Cause right now I'm like in my garage, I'm in a separate like unattached garage in the back but yeah it's never renting i can't really like build it out as much as i wanted to you know i missed can't my way it too much <laughs> although i just saw a post that you did on instagram yeah. you said i'm not getting my deposit back no i'm not getting my deposit <laughs> back it's just it's it's not good but um we'll, we'll, we'll see when i move but yeah it's yeah. funny we're like we're gonna have a little sub podcast about the real estate market in los angeles so i saw that you were taking a bit of a break why don't you walk us through that a little bit because i know when you were pregnant I saw some posts. I was trying to follow you a bit too. And you were saying how you were kind of taking the time to let yourself feel all your feelings. And yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you want to walk us through that and how much did you paint while you were pregnant? Um, very little. It was, I could have taken it um, one way where I was like, I'm never going to paint again. I'm failing, mm -hmm. but I decided to look at it as almost like the research stage of my career, you know, of, of my art. And this is the time where I'm collecting all my feelings and feeling all my feelings and um, working through my healing process. And I knew like in the back of my head that eventually this is going to work out where I'm going to start painting even, you know, better and more. And it happened like, even like the first week I gave birth, like I was already out there. Yeah. And I, was, I saw yeah, I was, that. Yeah. Open so, the floodgates. Yeah, it did. It, I'm just, and it's, um, but yeah. And I, I just feel, it, it feels like I, it did like when I first started painting where it's like, I just want to paint all the time and it's actually fun now. And it's not um, this big pressured 
thing where it was like this, like, you know, when you first start painting, you kind of like, you have no concept of like what people like, you're just doing it for yourself. And then all of a sudden, like you have pressures from your, you know, from galleries or from just other people. And you're like trying to paint for them. And then you or realize, yourself even. Yeah. And you don't, you're like, what am I doing? I don't know what I want to do. Cause you want to keep, you know, for me, I want to always um, evolve and, you know, be better than the last time. But like when I was pregnant, it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Uh, I went through, um, I had, you know, there women go through postpartum depression after pregnancy. I had it during pregnancy. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it was, it was really hard. Um, it, it just like everything that I've been avoiding feeling um, for the last, you know, decade mm-hmm. all during my pregnancy. Um, it wasn't the lovey dovey, um, you know, pregnancy, like you always, you know, see women on like Instagram or whatever, and they're having the most glorious pregnancy and they're so connected to their baby. And I just, that wasn't for me. Yeah. And it made me feel really guilty for a lot of the time. Cause I'm like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I just be happy being pregnant? But I was completely miserable. Oh my God. Just, That's and then, horrible. and it made me afraid that I was going to have the postpartum depression afterwards, but it actually completely lifted and I've been happier than I've ever been my whole life now. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but that's also something I think that isn't talked about that much too. I mean, I think, you know, in Hollywood, they, they portrayed a certain way and even on like social media, like you said, which is like the high highlight reel of everything, including pregnancy. I'm sure a lot of these women who might even seem happy on Instagram are going through similar things, right? I don't think, um, my first one, I wasn't like that. I was, because I was again, really young and dumb, mm-hmm. um, had this like blissful ignorance and I was just really happy being pregnant. And yeah, I'm, it was, physically difficult because you know I'm 36 and according to the doctors I was a geriatric pregnancy I hate that term so stupid but but you know I I felt it I felt a lot more physically and like I said mentally like my depression I stayed on my medication throughout this pregnancy um Mm -hmm. it was a it was a matter of like you know life or death kind of thing where I I outweighed the risks in the in the you know for it and I decided to stay on it for Mm -hmm. well-being of myself and my, my baby. Yeah. So, um, but even if you're stressed out and you're upset, you know, the baby's going to feel that too. Exactly. So even with my medication, I was still depressed. So I can't imagine without it where I would be. So, yeah. So it was, you know, this last year has been so crazy where my, you know, my niece joined our family and, Mm -hmm. and then I, how old is your niece by the way? She's 14. Okay. So I have a 14 year old and my daughter is going to be 11 in January. And then, you know, and Nash is almost two months old. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. So Pretty soon uh, you're going to have two teenagers in the house. Um, oh, they're already, she's already, <laughs> like, she's already, she's like, you know, 11, 10 going on to 45. She's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's 11 those, is the new 16. Yeah, exactly. She's, she's one of those really like mature like kids, like she's always yeah. been adult, like, so it's funny to watch her like, you know, actually grow up. It's really cool. That's but cool. yeah, this last year, um, you know, having it's, it was all great. I'm, I was so happy to have all these changes, but it was a lot for me. Um, I'm such an autonomous person where I like to be alone mm-hmm. and I was single. I had my daughter and I share, you know, we, to this day, we, her, her father, her biological father and I share 50, 50 custody. Yeah. And, um, so half the time I was alone and I was able to be, and that really helped. And all of a sudden it went from that to being a mom 
full-time when, when Tori, my niece came to live with us. So that's a huge change. And, um, I no longer had that me time. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't realize how much that was going to affect me and, and, and everybody, it was a, you know, it was an adjustment for everybody. Like, you know, my daughter and I were, it went from her and I to her and I and my partner, and then also in her and I, and she's, um, you know, as an older sister. And then also I got pregnant. And when I got pregnant, it was almost like, it was like a punch in the gut to her. Like I did this on purpose to her. And she's like, mm. How could you? <laughs> you know, <laughs> now loves the baby. But at first she's like, I'm not talking to the baby when he oh, comes. Wow. wow. Okay. And it was like, it was, it was hard for a while for everybody to adjust. Yeah. But I think um, me kind of me taking the lead in healing kind of healed the whole family. Definitely. Because if I'm, you know, if I'm not okay, I notice my kids aren't okay. Like, even if I try to hide it and I'm going about my, it's, they still feel that energy. You feel it. Yeah. yeah. So I think me um, taking control over like very um, consciously saying, I'm going to heal whatever, like all my, you know, and, it, and it's such a, it's not a linear thing. Healing is never linear but it was very conscious. Like I, I need to feel better. I need to, or I'm not going to survive kind of thing. It's funny because it's, it's, a, I mean, I think some people might go, Oh, it's a selfish thing, but it's a selfless act actually to do that, to heal because you're healing for your kids too. Right. Because I know for me growing up, I felt everything, like everything. And I absorbed it all. And I constructed a lot of defense mechanisms over that, you know, Oh, being funny, being a people pleaser, doing all right. these types of things. And yeah. yeah. So you, you're basically, you're creating another problem if you're not exactly. allowing yourself to heal. So, yeah. And when you heal, you're breaking those generational like bond, you know, curses basically. Yes. So I didn't somebody want has to do it. Somebody has to do it. And I didn't want it to be my kids. I wanted it to be me. So they didn't yeah. have to go. Through that. That's great. I love that. That's so yeah. cool. Well, so i got a question. Uh, I know this is cool because we're kind of just doing this Sometimes I have questions, but this was going to be something we're just doing impromptu and just yeah. having a conversation, which I love. So how are you balancing out time now to paint? Like you said, you didn't have a lot of time for yourself. Are you finding that you, your mindset has shifted now? Do you feel like you have more time or are you just finding ways to kind of paint? Um, both. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I can find time, like throughout the day, I can go out there for like a couple minutes. I can like prep some things, you know, mm-hmm. uh, not so much like you know, get it in the zone completely. But once everyone goes to bed, I'm still, I'm still a night owl. So, yeah. uh, so it still works out for me. And because I'm up with the baby at night, I have like a couple hours in between feedings. Mm-hmm. I'll go out to my studio and I'll paint for a couple hours and everyone's asleep and I can, um, and now he's going through a little longer stretches, like, like four hours in between waking up four or five hours. So I'll have mm-hmm. like a couple hours to completely you know, submerge myself into, into like a zone and not be bothered. And, um, you know, it's so funny being like, it's like almost like my insomnia and my night owlness has prepped me to be totally okay. Waking up with a baby at night and not yes. like, having a hard time. Right. So it, yeah. So it's, um, yeah. So like during the day I'll go out there, I'll be like, Oh, I'm going to go paint really quick. I'll like go do a line of something, you know, like I'll just do a little circle or something or like, you know, spray paint something or even just um, put under painting on the new canvases and then, and then it'll be ready for me in the evening time. Like, so after dinner, Joseph, my partner, he's done with work at that point. And Mm -hmm. he was like, you know, I'm going out there, even when they're still awake, I'll just go out there after dinner and I'm able to paint and it's become kind of, that's become my my schedule now. That's cool. 
And it also yeah. allows you to maybe think about it and absorb what you're going to paint. You know what I mean? Like exactly. have, starting something and then being excited about it. It's just a different, it's a different way of thinking about the process, I guess. Absolutely. And yeah. it kind of reminds me of, I don't know anything about Ayurvedic, but like I've heard a little bit about that, about the kind of the seasons that it has. It reminded me of that when you were talking about your pregnancy and also your new painting process, because there's like these seasons of like accumulation and then, yeah. you know, getting rid of like, that's what it seems like to me. I like that you allowed yourself to kind of feel and to accumulate a lot of ideas. And I know you talked about how you were just ready to go. And I think that's really healthy to do that. And I'm sure it's just, yeah. I'm sure you've got like inspiration for years now. Absolutely. I, I did. It's so funny when I first got pregnant, I'm like, oh, I'm going to be so inspired. I'm going to be painting all the time. And then it just didn't pan out that way. Yeah. And if, if I was in a different place in my life, you know, a couple of years ago, I would have taken that and internalized it as me just failing. And yeah. I paint again, my career is over, like before it even really took off, like this is it. I'm never, you know, it's just, that's it. I'm a failure. Yeah. But because I had a different mindset, uh, it was really like, you know what, even if I don't want to paint and I hate painting right now, and I don't want to even look at my paintbrushes right now, that's part of the process. Yeah. And and it's just really taught me to be a part. It's like, it's, it's part of the process of uh, painting. Even if it takes months before I even pick up a paintbrush, it's still, I was still painting, you know, in my, like, I was still part of the, you know, end result. Yeah. It's part of yeah. the business of being an artist. Absolutely. And I think yeah. like, yeah. And I think if people like perceived it that way and kind of changed their the perception towards that, it would give a lot of other people confidence and just knowing that it's going to come back. You're still going to paint again. It's going to, but you have to like, be, you know, be easy on yourself and give yourself a lot of grace yeah. and kind to yourself. And I think that's, that's the main thing I've learned is to be really kind to yourself because um, you can really just, you can really beat yourself up. You're the, you know, your own worst enemy. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I want to get into being kind to yourself a little bit more in a, in a minute, because I think that's the root of every type of growth is first learning how to have compassion for yourself. Right. Absolutely. But, are you going to uh, Jack George's show? Um, I would like to. Yeah. Right now it's a little crazy just because I'm, you know, with the babe, like most, most of my life right now. Yeah. I'm like, during the day, it's really important for Joseph to be working because he's like actually on like, you know, other people are on actual daytime schedules. So mm -hmm. I'm allowed to work a lot. And then, um, so I'm with him like 22 hours a day. Oh, wow. And I'm oh. like, mom's that just, that holds him the whole time. He, I'm like, yeah. I'm hearing him all the time and he's sleeping on me all the time. So like yeah. we're at 22 hours a day. I was kind and, of envisioning you with the baby yeah. here and then like painting here. You know? <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. That's funny. Well, um, I was going to ask about your insomnia because you said you had insomnia in the past and I know that can be really difficult for the creative process too. Do you think like, are, I'm assuming you're sleeping less based on what you're talking about your schedule, but maybe because you're actually sleeping better what, when you're sleeping, are yeah. you getting enough sleep? Um, probably not. I'm a little mm -hmm. sleep deprived, but I'm a lot happier. Oh, like, okay, good. I, but like, the sleep I am getting is quality. Yes. Where, or like I would not sleep all night and then fall asleep around like 11 a.m. and then sleep until like three and then feel like shit because I wasted my whole day. Oh my God. And, I just, I'd wake up with intense anxiety and I hated it. Whereas now it's like, I don't, you know, it's like, I'm actually like just happy and I'm okay with not sleep. Like I'll know eventually he'll sleep in the night and I'll get my eight hours one day. But right yeah. now it's, I haven't had a, you know, full, it's been like two, three hour chunks where I'm sleeping yeah. at a time. 
but I'll fall asleep quickly. So, but yeah, oh, it definitely, definitely affects your, your mental state completely. I, I know it made my depression worse during my pregnancy. My insomnia was horrible, mm-hmm. and not in any kind of pleasant way. Like I was very uncomfortable. Plus just the depression. Um, it really affects you. It, it makes everything a thousand times worse where, you know, like you just, you don't even know what's happening. You're kind of like living in this kind of zombie state and yeah. I'm suffering it for so long that I didn't think like my mom had terrible insomnia and she ended up, you know, just getting on sleeping pills. Mm-hmm. you Ambien, for example, and you're supposed to stay on it for like just two weeks. She was on it for years. Oh my and- God the ambient stopped working and she stopped sleeping and then she got you know she ended up getting cancer and i think that all those things were like correlated you know everything was connected and i yeah. was just like envisioning like this is gonna be my life i'm like i'm going to end up just dying because i'm not sleeping right and I, there was to do to like help it it reminds me of fight club can you die from insomnia no you can't die from insomnia but you can die from the effects of insomnia and the things that you're trying to like yeah. i don't know how much i don't know how bad ambient was no, for, it's the, for the liver and for the body oh just for your brain is terrible like you yeah, just for the brain too. don't even remember things that you like if you stay on it like i remember when i was um i was like 18 19 i would steal my mom's pills all the time um what <laughs> like you did like you do, it's a full pharmacy in there. And I would take the Ambien and fight the sleep mm-hmm. to like, you know, and I would do the craziest shit. Like I would, I remember I, I drove to- Yeah, that's what I've heard. I drove, picked up my friend, brought him back to my house, hung out, drove him back. I called my friends in like different states, crying about things, telling them all my deepest, darkest secrets, not remembering any oh of it. Oh my God. It's like so, blacking out, yeah. Completely, like it, it, like total like amnesia too. So it, it was, it's, they're so dangerous. That's so really deep. scary. Yeah. I know yeah. that from different substances. <laughs> but, right. You know. No, like any drug for me um, or anything I've ever done kind of causes the amnesia for me. Um, I kind of just dissociate completely and I don't remember the things I did. Yeah. You think you're remembering at the time, but then like someone brings up to you and you're like, I don't remember doing that. And that's really scary. Yeah. Well, and yeah. I also want to talk about the kindness and compassion, but the repression and using certain things to repress, you know, yeah. bad thoughts or memories or trauma or whatever. But really? it reminded me of when I used to work and wait tables and then come home and drink every night. Sometimes I would drink till four or five, six a.m. You know, and then sometimes I would actually get seven hours of sleep, but it was right. just horrible sleep. It was not yeah. quality sleep. And then I would get if you're getting up at noon, your day is gone. You're not getting that light. It throws off your rhythm. It threw me <laughs> off big time. It contributed to my anxiety. I know it contributed to a bunch of problems. Involved with alcohol. Yeah. Um, for me, like I never liked to drink. It was never my thing. So I oh, okay. thought I was like, you know, cool. But my <laughs> was I really love opiates. Oh yeah. I love painkillers. Like yeah. they're, they're my jam. And um, when the pandemic started, I kind of like, I was always a very recreational user. I was able to take something to feel better, like for like one, one time and then not take anything for a while. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, kind of leading into this, um, I, I kind of spiraled when the pandemic started and it was mm-hmm. at the same time where my niece came and she came because of this horrible tragedy in my family. My, you know, my cousin was killed by her husband, her parents. Horrible. And, um, so then all of a sudden I had another kid and, um, you know, I was, was that during the pandemic that that happened? Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that contributed to the 
the kind of episode or whatever that happened? I think there's a lot of people um, that can say that, like, you know, just yeah. domestic abuse in general. When yeah, um, it rose, yep. Yeah, and all, every, I think it's just like this pandemic forced everyone to face their deepest, darkest fears. And some people made it out alive and some people didn't, you know. People didn't. Yeah, yeah. and I was very close of not making it alive, um, making it out alive. Um, I started, you know, using a lot more and I mm-hmm. was really good at um, hiding it and mm-hmm. being because I never would take enough to be, you know, I would still be able to function. I know, no, no, that me. And until I wasn't, and right. all of a sudden I realized I was just slowly killing myself. Yes. And I kept it a deep, dark secret and tell anybody. Um, oh, wow. And um, it was, I think only- I remember you being in one of the shows you came to, I can't remember which show it was that we did online, the opening. Yeah. Um, or maybe it was Amy's show, Hot Damn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, was this kind of during this period? Yeah. 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 Yeah, it was almost a year ago like to the day yeah where I started um I started realizing that I needed I needed help while getting off of it because I tried getting off of it in the past when I would use I never b- became physically addicted to it. Mm-hmm. I was able to kind of randomly do some stuff here and there, but this time it was a whole different case. And um, I was really ashamed and I was, um, you know, a mother and, and, a, and a, you know, basically a wife. And I had this, like, I'm like this in my head. I'm like, I'm not a junkie. I'm not like, right. you know, of course, no one would ever say that. But so it was really hard. I, I tried getting off of myself and the withdrawals were, I couldn't do it. Worst pain I ever felt in my life. Oh my and um, so eventually I was confronted. Joseph confronted me mm-hmm. and he happening he thought like just my person because he didn't know I was on anything he just thought I was just becoming a whole different person this just fucking bitch yeah. <laughs> you know and just, yeah it's not and not participating in life at all I would just be in my studio kind of in my I have this recliner in there and I'd just be in there smoking a pack of cigarettes mm-hmm. uh nodding off and and it was really scary for them to watch me that way and eventually like I came clean I was like this is what's been happening for this last like basically six months. Yeah. Um, I can't get off of it by myself. So he helped me get off of it. We, I weaned myself down and, um, that's good. Yeah. So that's nice to have support. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he could have completely left. I deserved it. It was, I was lying. I was, um, doing a lot of horrible things, but I knew I, I didn't want that anymore. And the moment I became clean, I saw my kids and I didn't even recognize them. I was like, oh my God, you've grown so much these last like couple of months. And I just felt horrible. There's the All, shame. So much shame. And I didn't, you know, they don't know to the fullest extent. They just knew that I was on some kind of medication that made me feel bad, right. you know, but they just, they, they look so different. They grew and I missed all of that, oh, you know, man. and it was just felt so guilty and horrible. And the moment I became clean, I got pregnant. So oh, wow. So it was like, great, you know, I'm clean right now, but I haven't had a chance to really be clean for a long time. Yeah. And process everything. Yeah. It wasn't enough time. Like they tell you when you first become like sober, don't date anybody for a year. Get Years like any of that, but I got pregnant Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden, like I still had terrible cravings and Mm -hmm. I still, you know, and like I said, I had really bad depression during this time. And, um, you know, mixed with the pregnancy hormones. And I struggled a lot, I, but I knew I couldn't use because I was pregnant. So it was almost like this like safety net, but at the same time, like I was 
I was close a lot of times to wanting to use and yeah. to, you know, but I got a lot of support. I don't do the AA thing, um, but I do appreciate, I do like. Yeah, that wasn't for me either. Yeah, it wasn't for me. Um, but I did, I have a good support system. Um, I found some, you know, sober women, sober mothers. Oh, good. That, yeah. So I was able to like, you know, gather that in a, in a therapist and a trauma therapist specifically. Yes. That, that was, was my next question. Yeah. And that's when um, beginning of my pregnancy, that's and and my beginning of my sobriety. That's when I was like, okay, time to really dive deep and figure out why, why I started. I mean, like I knew, but like at the same time, like I need to heal it. Yeah. I can't continue to like, you know, like, yeah, well, the, I've had this trauma and that's why I'm doing it. It's like, okay, well now what? Like, do you want to be happy? And I had to do it. I had to um, start really digging deep and looking into in like inside and figuring out like what it is that I needed to heal. Yes. Because otherwise it can keep coming back. Oh, it would 100%. I would have been afraid because like being pregnant, I'm obviously not a woman for anybody listening, but if I had become (laughs) pregnant and, and I had been given kind of that extra motivation to stay clean or sober or whatever. And then I would have been afraid that the moment I gave birth, it would go I right would, back. To I would go right back to it. And that was actually, I've thought about that a thousand times. I was like, Oh, well, well, once I'm not pregnant, I'm going to be able to like, at least take a pill. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's that scared me a lot. So it's crazy you know, how like insidious this stuff is, these thoughts and these patterns. It's like, I also didn't do AA. I didn't really like it. I didn't like the idea of saying I can't do something. I just can't. I prefer to look at it as a choice. Like I choose not to, but there's always these thoughts that come back. that are like, well, you know, down the road, I could maybe dip back into this. You know what I mean? And that's how it creeps back in. Yeah. You know, like you say to yourself, like, oh, I can handle it now. Like you just have like one drink or one pill or, or whatever it is. Sure. Um, I was, you know, I've been using stuff, you know, either recreationally or consistently since I was like 14. Mm-hmm. So there wasn't like, I, I was, there wasn't even a time in my life that I remember that I wasn't like, I didn't have something to fall back on if I felt really bad. And yeah. this time I didn't have anything. And um, it was the dumbest thing at, to be pregnant at the time, but also this is what saved my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it and sounds then, like it. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it was the hardest, hardest nine months. Actually, didn't make it to nine months. I gave birth five weeks early, but it was the hardest eight months of my life. Um, just I'm sure. way, and I felt very isolated and alone because you know you're on your in your own head. But there was just so many like I had so much to lose this time. Yeah. You know, you're younger, you don't you have a lot less to lose, and as you get older, that window becomes smaller and smaller. Where it's like you know you fuck up a little bit when you're younger less consequences and then now it's like yeah. a little the major consequences major and now, yeah and i was on the verge of losing i could lose my whole family i could yeah. you know it could completely be you know i, I saw it i saw it, like I, I envisioned it like what it could have been yeah but yeah. i made a very conscious decision that it wasn't going to be like that well it's weird too because i was just tell mags this all the time it's just not cute anymore. It's not no. cute anymore being wasted and having these problems where like, oh, if you're in your teens, your twenties, ah, you know, you got a little loaded one night or whatever, but right. having that happen over and over again and not remembering things and having these ripple effects that, that affect your family and your friends and stuff like that. It's not cute anymore. It's, it's a problem. And no. yeah, and it's, it's a very slippery slope to that just becoming your life. And um, also I think when you get in your thirties, you also can't process it as well anymore the body stops being able to process no 
your my I looked like I um, have a picture of my 35th birthday and I was kind of in the depths of it this yeah. is now but on my 35th birthday I'm looking back and my face is just swollen like I I only have one kidney to begin with like I, oh, had, I didn't know that I had surgery when I was younger it was a genetic thing and I ended up losing basically full function of my right kidney oh, so wow. so my ankles I remember like last August my ankles were so swelled up they're so swollen and I mean like my body was basically shutting down yeah and, and you've got it, one kidney to process all that right and I wasn't like you know at the time like I wasn't getting a prescription clean um opiates I was god knows what was in it, it was probably fentanyl right so just dirty achy things and I was couldn't tell anybody and yeah and because of that, it was also in, in that pressure alone, just like I'm dealing with this by myself, because like, if I tell somebody I'm going to lose everything, Yep. It had to be a big secret. And then once it finally got off my chest, like it was such a relief, but just looking like, yeah, your body just takes a toll. Like I look like, I look horrible. I look younger at 36 than I did at 35 because it's out of my system. You know, Yeah, you look great. That's Thank how you. I felt when I finally... Cause I was kind of trending that way aside from my, my drinking and other bad habits. And I just started to, I was, I was in my twenties. I looked horrible. And now I feel like I look better than I did in my twenties, just because yeah. clearer, you know, more vibrant and alive. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, I just don't want to go back <laughs> to that. No. You know, no. well, it's weird. It's almost like you being pregnant, going through this at the same time. It's yes. The baby almost kind of saved your life, but also it's like you were in a cocoon at the time too. It was like you were yeah. processing all this. You kind of came out the other side new as well. Yeah, it's it was giving birth to myself. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to sound like, I didn't want you to go, uh. <laughs> yeah, but it's true. Like it was, it's, it was like the best kind of metaphor, but in reality, like it was really, like I was growing this baby that I now, like I said, I didn't have this like super deep connection at the time because I felt I was still in like this, horrible fog of just what am I doing? What's happening? Yeah. Um, I mean, like we talked about getting pregnant. We're like, yeah, let's, you know, we can, you know, start trying. And then like literally two weeks later, I was pregnant. I was like, oh, uh -oh. Okay. <laughs> like, okay, I guess I really need this baby. You know, like this is happening. Yeah, right. That I thought we took a pregnancy test a little too early and it came out negative. And I was like, okay. And I was kind of almost relieved. And I was like, all right, you know, thankfully I'm not pregnant. I just got sober last month. Like, like, God, that would be so too much, too much. And then like a yeah. week later, I started getting nauseous and I took a test. And I was like, and it was positive. I was like, wow, <laughs> like, that happened really quickly, like without even really thinking it through. But um, some force knew what you yeah, needed. It was definitely, a, yeah, it was definitely, I believe in that hundred percent. Like yeah, you I do too. Do what you need to, to heal or to face your, your demons. And um, yeah. And I remember, I remember like taught, I would be taking baths and I would be talking to you know, the baby while he was still inside of me. And I'm like, I'm going to get through this. I'm going to make sure that like, we're going to get through this together because he was a part of it, you know, like, yeah. and you know, it was, our lives were at stake at that time. It's almost like the baby's a, a touchstone for yeah. you too now. Yeah. He was, he's the first boy. I didn't, I thought for sure I was going to have another girl because that's yeah. what I have is a thousand girls. <laughs> And, um, so when they told me it was a boy, I was like, oh my God, like, it's just, so it's like all these different like things, like it's, it's really interesting. And it's just seeing that it's like, it's definitely meant to be and meant to happen that way. Yeah. yeah. I think that's so cool. Do you mind if we, I want to save this, make sure we have it. Cause I don't want to lose yeah, all the good stuff go you've shared. 
I'm gonna go grab my charger while you're doing that. Perfect. And then I'll I'll send you another link. Okay, I'll be right back. Okay, okay, cool. We are back. Yes, I can hear awesome. you. Thank you for doing that. I had, we had some weird electrical problems today. My computer completely shut off and fried my surge protector. And I was like, I don't want to lose what we've been talking about. So just safer. Yeah. It's weird. I was thinking about it the other day. I think you were like my fifth episode of the podcast, my second interview after Mike. And I think this is going to be number 98. Isn't that crazy? Wow. Come in full circle. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. But um, I wanted to thank you for sharing all this because I know it's going to, it's going to be helpful to a lot of people. I think a lot of artists have, you know, have damage. I I know I did. I know I still do. Um, I mean, yeah, that's kind of, it goes with the territory, you know, that's why we become artists too. I mean, most of us is to like, is, is to kind of process those feelings or to somehow get them out on, on canvas or on whatever your medium is. exercise them yeah for sure yeah so i know that's gonna help a lot of people it's interesting my wife and i we were watching the other night kind of a it's not a great documentary at all it's kind of corny but i think it was called like emotion 2.0 or something it was just on amazon i was like "Ah, i'll give it a shot and it's all about repressed well it's it's repression repressed memory repressed trauma all that stuff but it's actually like they talk about the science behind actually holding these things in your body and I've oh, always, yeah, and I've always told Mags that I hold my pain in my body and I know exactly where it's held in my stomach and yep. I can feel it. And I've always wanted to do some sort of like massage healing technique or something. Mm-hmm. Cause I know there's emotional massage healing. I don't know what you call them, masseuse out there. <laughs> um, yeah. Technicians. And I mean, there's like, been, there's Reiki. Right. There's uh, Reiki. Reiki. Yeah, there's also but there's the one where they actually put their hands on you and yeah, yeah, like lymphatic uh, massages. Yeah, yes, there's that. It um, it, it's so funny that you say that because that's literally like what I have. That's how I healed. That's how I kind oh, of really? processed everything. Is oh, through uh, is realizing that it's you know your body remembers everything. It does, and um, it's phys- completely like your nervous system is shot. That's what happens when you're constant anxiety and you're constant in flight or flight or fight mode. And mm-hmm. there's no actual danger around you. It's because your body is just remembering these things. Yeah. And um, to kind of heal that, you have to heal your body. You do. And um, I kind of realized it was through motion, mm-hmm. through uh, moving my body. In what and sense? Like of, exercise or just like some other type of movement? I would do like, um, I would start doing kind of crazy dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would put on my headphones. I have like, you know, my big headphones, like yours right now, but they're like yeah. wireless yeah. and I would just be in my studio alone. And I would just start like, kind of like, I didn't care what it looked like. It was just getting it out. Yes. And there was actually a period where I realized this was happening was when I was in the midst of detox, um, I was in the car with Joseph and it was the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Like I was about to like, I wanted to kick the windshield out. Oh, wow. Like I just like, my body was not able, I couldn't, um, if he let me out of like, just open the door and falling out onto the 134. Mm-hmm. Like it was that bad. And all of a sudden out of somewhere in the depths of my gut, I started screaming like this, like horrible, like just long, like this animalistic scream for so long. And I don't know how he was just like completely calm during this, but I'm sure he was freaking out inside. <laughs> but like, I was, it was like, it was so high pitched and so long. And also I started going down and like, as I was like getting out of my body and it felt like there was a demon coming out of me. Yeah. 
Like, and I think like, that's what, like, you know, when, when people are talking about exorcisms, like that's how it felt like there was something like coming out of me. And I realized how much my body was holding in. I felt like I haven't, I wasn't able to scream and get that out for my whole life. Yeah. And, and it was just like, and I'm generally like kind of, I, I don't even talk to myself. I can like, if I'm alone, I will not use my voice for days and, and I'm not a singer. So Mm -hmm. I don't have that like outlet. So I realized like how much I've been holding in inside of me. And once that I was like, by the time we got home, it was like a 20 minute car ride. By the time I got home, I was still like yelling, but it was just this kind of like, uh, like I was like yeah. letting it come out. And um, that's when I realized like how much my body was just like remembering. And I, I like you, like your stomach, my stomach too. I am very, mm-hmm. my emotions are tied to my stomach. Yes. When my mom was sick, I was throwing up every single day like mm-hmm. three times a day, couldn't hold anything down. I got so skinny and not in a great way at all. Um, right. Even, t- even like through, through this pregnancy, I had morning sickness all through the pregnancy, but I knew it really wasn't the pregnancy. It was my brain. It was my healing, just like getting it out. And, but at the same time, like, I'm so like, I get, when I get anxious, I get nauseous and then I can't mm-hmm. eat. And then, you know, it's just, this, it was horrible. It's a but, effect. Uh, yeah. And it's, I realized I had to heal my nervous system. And, and it's that's all not the, easy. No, no. And it, I'm still, I'm still in the process. It's not like I'm like all done. I'm good. And yeah. never again, I'm very feel anxiety, but it's a completely, I have never felt this way in my life. So I know that I did something. Yeah. yeah you're doing and something like, right I, for sure. Right. And it's a lot of um, I, I, what it's called a shadow work and kind yes. of um, it's, you know, taking and it's parts work where I'm taking a part of me you know, whatever this one little, this specific one trauma, whereas like a thousand different traumas, but this one specific mm-hmm. trauma, I, I kind of look back in it and I kind of take myself, it's almost like I look at myself in that time and then me now and kind of, uh, for me, shadow work is healing your inner child. Definitely. I can, that's like kind of like the basic, like, like the, you know, bottom line of that is it's your inner child. And it's kind of looking at that little person and talking to her, like talking to me talking to her and and healing that part and being and having like, it's compassion okay. for right having yeah. compassion and mm-hmm. not um and like all those things those dark deep secrets or the things that you're so shameful about kind of realizing that you don't have to be ashamed about those and to mm-hmm. it's like i i hugged i've i in, internally i <clears throat> envision myself hugging this little girl so many times throughout this process and I'm smiling it, and nodding because I, I I went through a similar thing. It's very powerful. Yeah, yeah. it's super powerful. And like I wanted to get here for so many years, but it I wasn't ready at that time mm-hmm. because it's it, it's not fun. It's it's not like a you know when you start um, kind of when you start becoming spiritual in any kind of way, everyone wants to just be this positive spirituality where that's not that that's not how it works. Like it's really painful, mm-hmm. and you have to like go through a lot to even get to a place where where you actually understand who you are. Yeah. I'm sorry to pause you because it it all makes sense, you know, because we have these things we've repressed, we don't know how to process. And then we end up typically self-medicating, right. Which is sounds like what you were doing, which is what I was doing, which allows you to not feel these things temporarily. Of course you're doing damage to your body, further damage to your body doing that. But once you kind of just give up that the self-medication and then start to become spiritual and make peace with yourself, your inner child, even have compassion, then all of these feelings just pour out of you. And Mm -hmm. it's just, it's not, yeah, it's, it's painful. 
Yeah. And when you're in it, you don't know if you're ever going to get out of it. My, my fear was always like opening the floodgates. And if I open these floodgates, what if I'm never able to close them again? And I'm just going to be, I'm going to become insane. Yeah. And I'll just be like, you know, walking down the street, babbling to myself for the rest of my life. And that's kind of, it was a genuine fear. It could happen for some people. They don't have the right tools. Absolutely. It could. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've seen it happen. Like I've seen my certain friends and, you know, like where they just, couldn't they didn't want to deal with it they couldn't deal with it they and they just either ended up dying of a drug overdose Mm -hmm. or or just still like still you know self-destructing to this day yeah so um yeah there was a lot of that and it was really painful and like that's why I was kind of like excuse me at the same time where I wasn't painting at all so I had no outlet whatsoever yes right so I had no outlet. I wasn't painting I didn't feel like painting I didn't know what I wanted to paint I would try but I hated everything and then at the same time, I'm dealing with all these like, you know, inner child, you know, cope, like I'm trying to like deal with that with, and so I had to find all these new tools to, to cope with that. And so it was really scary, that's but scary. it was, um, yeah. but at the same time, that's what I was like, this is a part of the process and it's a part of the process. And I just kept telling myself that, and it made it a little bit easier. And everyone's like, you know, you know, Joseph would be like, you're going to paint again. Don't worry. I'm like, I know, like I, it, you know, there'd be times like totally clear. I'm like, I know I'm going to paint again. I, I'm going yeah. to be even better than I was before all this. Yes. And so that's what made me like get through all of it is that I knew that eventually I was going to, and I started seeing this little light at the end of the tunnel. It was very small and very dim, but eventually the light got a little bit bigger and bigger. And um, it was right when my son was born. That's when oh, like, wow. you know, I went into the hospital, um, five weeks early because I had really high blood pressure mm-hmm. and there was, he was not ready to come out. He was really pissed coming out. Like he was like, I'm not ready. I'm this is, and it was five weeks early is, is really early. So I was yeah. really scared. And I was in the hospital for a week um, by myself. I mean, not by myself, but before I gave birth and they're like, you're going to be here until you give birth. Basically. I was oh, like, wow. Oh my God. So I could have been no there idea. for like a month. Yeah. And it was <sighs> just like, but at the same time I was, it was kind of nice for the first couple of days, honestly, because they have really good room service at Huntington mm-hmm. hospital. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't have any, I, it was, I was finally able to like, just relax yeah. and take care of myself without feeling guilty. Cause like, even during my pregnancy, I still had to take care of two other kids. And like, you know, there was no time just to like be in bed. Yeah. And if I wasn't bed, I felt guilty about it. So this time, like I was forced to relax. Have some you time. To, exactly. So, um, yeah. I, it was actually like a really positive thing. And, um, thankfully my son came out really big for for being really early he was mm-hmm. we went home two days later so it was we he didn't have to see the inside of a NICU at all oh really was, yeah like he came out like he came out six pounds which is wow almost like i've full-term babies are that size but yeah uh, and he was just like he was breathing totally fine on his own nothing he was just as if he was just happened. ready to come out right i mean he was mad <laughs> when he came out he actually just, he was like screaming mad when he came out like it was oh, really no. fun but uh um, you got an artist on your hands another one i know he's so cute but so cute. Uh, i've seen the picture he's so cute he really is i can't i'm so obsessed with him like it was so funny because <laughs> i was I, this this time is so different like with my daughter like i was so, such deep depression you miss all of that like i missed the first year of her life completely oh no and because i was so like it was real. Like I didn't, it was the depression where I didn't want anyone to touch her. Mm-hmm. I didn't want it. I didn't want it. I only wanted like, if I ever wanted to hurt my, it was only to hurt myself, but I never hurt myself at the time, but I just didn't want I thought I was the only person who could do anything. And so I was like, and I was breastfeeding at the time. And this time I decided beforehand, like I was not going to breastfeed. 
mm-hmm. because for me, it was, it is a mental health thing and it was the best decision I made for both of us. And there was oh, so much great. pressure for us. Um, but I just, I had to like take, you know, steps. Like I'm going to be on my med- medication this time. I'm not going to be breastfeeding. And uh, cause last time it took up all of my whole life, just trying to like do all it, 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 it made my depression so much worse. So this time around, like, you know, like I said, in the beginning, it was, it's totally different. Like trying to um, implement things from a mental health beforehand, before, before it like spirals. Yeah. And like, yeah. So um, I just, I, I really dislike yeah. a lot of the stuff you hear about pregnancy from all sides. <laughs> I mean, you're, you're told this is normal. This is not normal. Everybody needs to do this. Everybody, you know, I don't think there's a one size fits all for anybody. You have to make that decision for you because you 100%. could have been, you could have been breastfeeding and you could have been doing a lot of other negative things to your child emotionally yeah. at, the, at the same time. So who's yeah. to say that there's a one size fits all for every circumstance. There isn't. Right? And every baby's different, you know, yeah, it's, right. It's, and he's, like, he's different. Like a big, exactly. And like, I don't like, I went into this, like, I don't give a sh- Like I was so, I'm so past that point of caring what other yeah. people think. That, like I didn't like I was totally like I didn't have any shame about it like you know the the lactation specialist coming she's like oh you're not breastfeeding I'm like no and she's like why I'm like for my mental health period like you know yeah. because I'm gonna be a lot better mother this way good good yes um, and it's you know and for some women it's the most amazing experience of their life but for me I hated it um it was it was painful it was it took up 90 percent of my life like I I never thought she was getting enough food it, it was just horrible I was pumping in between like it was just like it took up my entire time and my entire like brain like with so this time like I implemented these things beforehand Mm -hmm. and I even I was supposed to actually get a c-section because my first uh, birth was so traumatic because I my daughter my I make really big babies and Mm -hmm. I pushed for four hours last time oh wow and when you're only supposed to push for like half hour to an hour you know that's kind of like the general like average so I was like I want to have a c-section this time but because he was so early he was a little bit smaller so I was able to do it um without one but I was like implementing all these things beforehand to make sure I was like, my mental health was going to be number one. That's good. And yeah. that's because I'm at this place in my life where I really, I don't care what anyone thinks. I don't like, it's down to like my art. Like, you know, you're doing it for yourself now. Mm-hmm. Like I, if people like it, they love it. Like they great. If they don't like, that's fine. Like my art is not for everybody. It's not. So like, I'm not for everybody, you know, and that's yeah. totally okay. It's that's totally the okay. perfect place to be in. That's like yeah. the place that, we should all strive to be in. So yeah. maybe that's something good that's come out of this too, right? hundred percent. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So yeah. by the time, like, you know, I went to the hospital and I was, you know, through my journey, by the time he was born, like I was ready and I was just, I've been like, I remember telling everyone, I'm like, I have never been this happy before. Like, this is <laughs> such a weird feeling. Like I'm not, <laughs> not on any drugs. And I'm really happy. And I have a newborn where everyone's supposed to be freaking out right now. And like, I'm actually like really calm. That's and so like, cool. It's so weird. Like what's happening. But like, I knew it wasn't, it's not artificial. It wasn't like, I, it's not something that is only like, it's not like a manic episode I'm having or anything. It's an actual, yeah. it's because of all of the shit I went through these last like year yes. and forcing myself to face all these icky things. And it's, that was my reward. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, you know, feeling good inside my own skin. And I couldn't, I didn't do that for a long time. I felt very uncomfortable in my own skin, you know? Yeah. And allowing yourself to feel that way. Right. Not feeling like guilty for that or or trying to overthink it, just allow it to be, you know? Yeah. That's great. I love that. And it's funny because we were talking about each 
person is different. I mean, it's the same thing with giving birth. I hear I've had I've had friends who just told me horror stories of their birth and almost dying on the birthing table. Yeah. And then I've had friends who are just like, no problem. It was like 10 right. minutes, you know? Yeah. So and you can't plan for this. Like you have a whole birth plan. It's it goes out the window. Yeah, like exactly. on my first my first my first pregnancy, I was like, I'm not gonna have any medication. <laughs> I'm gonna do it all natural. And like I lasted 12 hours like yeah. that. And I was like, at, after the 12th hour, I was like, give me the epidural. Like, I just like, couldn't take. So this time I already, I like, I'm definitely getting epidural. Like I'm not, yeah. not doing that, but it's at, at the same time when you're in it, when you're, when you're still dealing with all the icky feelings, I'm looking at Instagram and it's really hard not to kind of start feeling like, oh, I'm not like these women, you know, it's, but right. I knew that's, that's something I had to get past as well because people do not talk about like the bad side of, of pregnancy because it makes you kind of a bad mom if you're not emotionally connected to this baby yet or I if know. you're not like you know walking on daisies the whole time and it's like I hated being pregnant I hated it yeah I love my son I'm so happy he's here but I like if I'm like I'm because he came out healthy I can say this like I'm so glad I I didn't make it another five weeks because like just the universe heard my my pleas that like I just couldn't do it anymore and I was like oh my god another five weeks left and then you know ended up in the hospital and all that so it's like it's like the universe is like all right you can have a little okay. early yeah, yeah yeah you've done your, you've done your time <laughs> I know but it was just like I hated it and it's hard it, you know for a lot of women I know that would make you feel really guilty and like what's wrong with me yeah but there's nothing wrong with you it's totally normal it's and the same with postpartum it, depression too right absolutely yeah, yeah. And I feel like that's talked about a little bit more not not enough mm. but finally I yeah, but I, but I didn't know about the depression during pregnancy. Right. Like, right. I didn't know how bad it could get and how dark it could get. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it was just like, you know, I was, like, invaded. I felt like I, I just finally got my body back from being sober. And all of a sudden, I don't have my body back again. Yes. So that it was, like. complete sense. Yeah, so it was just, it was not a fun time. Like, I, like I said, I, I love my son to jet, like more than anything in this world but like during that time I hated it I hated the whole like I just want to be me I just want to like heal my body right now but with him there like it it forced me to really really heal it, to really face my shit yeah it might have been yeah. not what you wanted but is what you needed exactly yeah can't always get what you want <laughs> you can't who somebody said that uh yeah, yeah I, I completely agree and I've heard a lot of people who said well, not a lot, but I've heard some stories. I feel like people are starting to be a little more honest about pregnancy. Uh, and I've heard some stories recently of women who are not happy also during their pregnancy. Yeah. But then they get done and they're like, okay, this was great. This was the best thing. And even wanted to have another child. But yeah, I mean, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I completely <laughs> <That'd be> understand. <laughs> You've got two plus a bonus now. So you're, you're right. Good. No, but like even that, like, I mean, I waited like a decade in between my last one and now. So that was because I was so traumatized by, by the delivery last time and through like her first year. I was so traumatized by that. Like I yeah. thought it was done completely. Sure. But, um, but like, you know, I somehow you know, ended up deciding that it was okay to have another one. I was yeah. like in a state. I was like, I'm all sober and happy right now. You know, like when that was those first <laughs> couple of weeks when you're sober, you're like in this pink cloud. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when that's when my decision making was like, you know, like, but then I was like, what am I doing? This is crazy. But um, it definitely it forced me to really figure out what I needed. And um, it gave me what I needed. And now like I feel so much better. And and it's just so funny. Like you're like it's like everything started like, you know, when you're 
in that state, I wasn't painting um, my paint because I wasn't painting. I wasn't selling anything mm-hmm. um, because I wasn't selling anything. I'm like, you know, broke constantly. I have to rely on my partner to be the breadwinner. Yeah. And um, all of a sudden, like the first, like first week of, you know, after delivery, I'm painting more and I sold a bunch of older stuff from art yeah. space. Yeah. And I got, then I had a commission, like a big giant commission come through and like, it's just, it wasn't even like, I wasn't even trying to do it. It's just because I was in a different like vibrational state. Like I Completely. was like, 100%. It was like, yeah. It was reflecting how I was feeling at that time. And now I'm like, just like, like I'm pouring, it's pouring out of me and it's, I'm all of a sudden, like all these new opportunities are coming about and it's really cool. You're, and it's like, you're open to them now. You're, yeah. You're and it's not, me. it's not, yeah, it's not a coincidence. It's not based off luck. Uh-uh. It's really just like where you are in your life. I love to hear that. And I talk about it all the time on the podcast and I don't care if people don't believe me or not, but I've had so many times where I've just been completely blocking myself. I'm doing all the work, 100% all of it. Yeah. And maybe I'm even working harder than I ever have. If I just get to that place where it's like, there's a release or a surrender, I just become in a flow state. I just start selling. I just start selling yeah. things to open up. It's like, I don't know if I'm just ready for it now, but it's happened so many times. I, I can't even count. So yeah, I don't really care if people believe me. Yeah. It's not a coincidence. Um, no. so it's, it's really cool to hear you say that and, and congratulations on being able to paint again and selling yeah. and all that. It's great. Yeah. So I want to talk about, I want to talk about what you're doing right now, but first of all, I think we should maybe talk about like, if there's some people out there who are having similar problems, like you right. and I are talking about going through our own individual experiences, but you know, I know for me at the time, I, I couldn't afford to go to a therapist. I had to kind of deal with a lot of no, stuff on my own yeah. and it was, it was really a rocky road. Like it took me a long time to figure it out. And then I had some support that kind of came along like with Magdalena and some right. people, but it's not always like that for everybody. So what would you recommend to anybody going through this? I mean, Jesus, like it's really, it really is. The only reason I was able to see a therapist this time is because I had insurance for my pregnancy. Yeah. Otherwise I didn't have insurance. So yeah. I couldn't go see like, you know, just anybody, but there are, there, there is help. There is, um, you know, there's pay scales, uh, that, that therapists work on. I know there's a lot of them that will work with people who are, who have low income, Mm -hmm. but like, it's, you know, there's AA, there are support groups for sure. There's because of COVID, I realized that I discovered a lot of stuff online, like via zoom, like, um, uh, group, like group sessions and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I, and there's a lot of people who are in like my position where it, it, they don't want to be outed and be like, I'm going through my, you know, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm a user and that, and that's totally acceptable. I think, you know, you know, coming terms with your own shame is one thing, but you're not obligated to tell everybody about it. Like if you no. don't want to, like, I think everyone is the right to like, you know, there's certain things you don't have to tell the world about. And I think, especially as you get older and you have more uh, responsibilities, like you have a lot more to like, you have a lot more to lose and you don't want to tell everyone that you're going through this. So yeah. Um, I think, you know, finding at least one person in your life that you do trust and that will help you. And I, I, I got very lucky having my partner be that person. Yeah. Um, he helped me through, like, if I, if it wasn't for him, I, I wouldn't have gotten sober. I, I had to wean off and I couldn't do it by myself because I would just continue taking the same amount. Right. So I had somebody hold my, my, hold my stuff, hold my stash and, and, um, and like, and rehab was not a possibility for me either. I couldn't leave. Mm-hmm. I couldn't leave my kids. I couldn't, um, I couldn't do that, especially like I'm trying to get custody of a kid and all of a sudden rehab, that's not going to look that great. And, 
it was a lot of things. It was really scary. So I know that a lot of people are in the same position where they can't go to rehab. They don't have insurance, but I think once you truly, truly want to get sober, things there, people will like, it will, the, the doors will open for you. There will be somebody that, that you can, that you can talk to. There will be some there. It will happen yeah. because like, it just like the same way where you're open, all of a sudden you become open and you start selling paintings the same way. Like you truly want to change. You can't change, like you can't change somebody. You can pray all you want. You can talk to them all you want, but unless they de- like it's do or die. Yeah. It's like, I'd rather be dead than feel like this anymore. Then things will start you will, you will find those people, you'll find a group, you'll find a person yes. to help you through it. Um, so true. yeah, cause like, yeah, it was all those, like those the rehab was not going to be a thing for me. It was not going to happen. I couldn't go detox at a detox place. Like I but needed if you have to have a really job. Private. Like for example, yeah. I, I had, when I was going through all this stuff, I had a weighted tables job and I literally was living, people talk about living paycheck to paycheck. I was living shift to shift. If I yeah. missed one shift, I would maybe be out, on, out of my ass, you know? Yeah. And I luckily had a person at my job, who was just a very like conscious person who I connected with and started pointing me in the right direction. It was very empathetic. Yeah. And then I had like kind of, I discovered Eckhart Tolle at the same time and a mm-hmm. bunch of stuff that just kind of helped me kind of get on that path. Absolutely. But, um, but that's not right yeah. for everybody either. So no, but like if you just, I mean, like my biggest thing I could say is probably just find that one, just one person just to tell it to, you know, yeah. you don't have to tell the world. You don't have to go on Facebook and be like, Hey guys, I'm sober now or trying to get sober. Just find that one person that you trust who isn't going to make you use and yeah, exactly. Um, and tell them like, I need help. I, cause you can't really do it alone. You really can't. I mean, there's times, I guess some people have gotten completely clean, completely alone. I don't know those people. Yeah. Right. I mean, they might exist, but, um, well, even, even really me, hard. who didn't really go to a therapist, I didn't do it alone. Like, I, no. I, I like to think of myself as, I mean, I did I did a lot of stuff. Like, I pulled myself up on my bootstraps a bit, right. but I had a yeah, lot of help along happen. the way. Yeah, you definitely, that has to happen. It also sometimes can't be your partner. Like, for you, you were lucky. I was lucky with Mags. And sometimes your partner is not the person that maybe you feel comfortable no. opening up to. So you got to find yeah. that person wherever they are. And if, that, if that's a therapist, that's a therapist. Right. Yeah. And like I said, there are, there's, therapists out there that work on pay scale like they'll take like ten dollars a session you know yeah or whatever there's also you know there's free um like you know during there's uh the the free clinic like the not the free clinic but the hospitals that are like government based they'll they'll yes. set you up with a therapist for sure mm-hmm. um i know that was that's something that was offered to me as well but i mean the healthcare is sucks here so like you really yeah, have to you really really have to want it you, do. you have to want it because like there will be setbacks of trying to find somebody to speak to or, you know, making appointments and waiting, having to wait like a month. And if you take those setbacks, you're like, oh, screw it. Then so you really have to like be dedicated to wanting to change your life and to want to find that that happiness. And it's going to it's it sucks. That work sucks and it's going to be painful. But it was that or I was going to I was going to kill myself. It was that or that, you know? Yeah, yeah for sure. And I, and I couldn't do that. Yeah. And it's yeah. going to it's going to take time it's going to take some steps and i think with the kind of the forgiving process also i realized looking back because the shame comes from like how how could i do something like this like but for me the why i talk about eckhart tolle so much was he really real he made me realize that i, I was kind of yeah oh you do too oh great yeah he's yeah ama- he's amazing and yeah. he's one of those guys who just completely lives exactly what he talks about but yeah i realized that i was just kind of acting from a 
a place of unconsciousness. Like I wasn't a conscious person at the time. Now I would never do that stuff because now I realize what I'm doing and I'm, I'm conscious of what I'm doing. And right. it's just like, you're almost like a different person, you know, you are like you're under a spell. And you're also, you know, I had to, where the forgiving yourself part is, it's like you're in survival mode. Yeah. You're doing, it's, you're in so much pain. You're in so much pain that you're willing to sacrifice everything just to like make that pain go away. Yeah. And it's, and that's where it's like, that's where the compassion for yourself has to come from. It's like, you were doing everything just to survive. And now you don't have to do that anymore. And you can, there's new tools and you're older now where, you know, you've gone through this and you can, there's different ways to survive now where you don't have to be in survival mode anymore. And so that's a lot of my forgiveness for myself came from where it was like, I was doing the best I could at the time. Definitely. With the tools I had at the time. Yes. And now I have different tools and I I have, I have actually have tools. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Right. And, and yeah. a lot of people kind of feel like you're doing this. How could you do this to your family or to your partner yeah. or to X or whoever it is? But really, I think the thing that people need to understand is you're really doing it to yourself first and foremost, like you're, right. you're the one who's suffering the most. And, and so you need to have that compassion for yourself first. You need to do whatever you can to kind of focus in on yourself and make that change. Because if you're just going to do it for somebody else, that could be temporary, you know, oh, it's, person- it's 100% going to be temporary. Yeah, right. 100%. Yeah. yeah, it has to be for you first. Yeah, you can't, yeah. you really can't change. Like there's been so many times where I've, I've had friends who I just desperately want to help and I can't because, and, and they talk about like, oh, I want to be different, but like, you know, I just love them for who they are and yeah. have compassion for them where they are in their life because they're just not ready. Exactly. And, and you um, can't make them be ready. ready. <laughs> no, you can't. It's, yeah. it's like asking someone to like, you know, fly with when they can only crawl, you know, it's it's just not in their it's not where they are right now. It's so true. Um, yeah. It's yeah. So, true. so, well, I'm so glad to hear that you're doing well. Like you look great. I'm, I'm seeing your art. Your art looks great. And I wanted to ask you, I mean, obviously you can tell me anything else you want to talk about, but I do want to find out some of the stuff you're doing. I, I think you had some shows coming up or some stuff that you're involved yeah, in. Yeah, I'm actually, so um, there is a gallery in Australia right now called as above and it's a really cool, uh, it's usually they do residencies there uh-huh. where somebody comes, but because it is locked down, I can't go there. So mm-hmm. they're for the first, um, so starting December, I'm going to be working on a sh- solo show, but being in LA. So, oh, cool. uh, you know, it's going to be all documented. Um, there's gonna, it's not just going to be my paintings. It's going to be, um, I'm, I used to do a lot of self portraits. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be my way of documenting my process and um it's just gonna be it's just really cool that uh, i'm gonna have this opportunity right now because it's like i'm ready for it and it's like all yeah. the stuff that's happened it's like it's like i'm in such a good place where um the colors i'm using right now are all super like i love them. i just want to eat i'm gonna eat my paintings mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. like there's like it's all just i'm going in with like I love doing series where I'm able to work on like a bunch of like similar stuff in one thing and then move on to another thing. So this particular series of this show is going to be really about like rebirth and um, you know, cool. kind of, yeah, everything that's that I've gone through and where I am right now. And it's really cool that it literally happened, right. Like it just, I wanted you to do it. And then the opportunity just came about and yeah. like, it was, it was really cool. Like, so um, I'm going to be, yeah. So I'm going to be starting that in December. Uh, we don't have a, I'll know more details up in the upcoming months, but um, mm-hmm. so I'm doing that. There's also a few other galleries in LA that I've been speaking to. And uh, there's a, 
gallery on Larchmont. So there's a big few other galleries. I'm just, it's, it's really, um, it's just like everything I kind of like put out into the universe is kind of like whatever I kind of want is kind of manifesting. That's so, so cool. Yeah. And I'm still working with art space. Um, they're, you know, yeah. yeah, they're still like, I'm down, like I'm down to the last couple little pieces there. So I'm going to re re up and drop off a bunch of stuff there. Do they kind um, of do that or do they like to have a certain amount of stuff on file? They, yeah, they usually do, depending on the person. I finally, like, I'm in there, like, you know, I, I, I was like, you know, a newbie. And mm -hmm. I'm, you know, when I first started with them, I would literally just start painting like six months ago. Yeah. So it was like a fluke that I even like accidentally applied there and it was just weird. And, um, yeah, you know, listen to the first interview with Sarah. She talks about that. I yeah, remember you talking yeah. about bringing a painting in and then asking you, you know, how you wired it or having to restructure oh, no, it or I, something. I, I, yeah. you know, I had to rewire. I, they called me back. It was, this was like not even that long ago. It was like a year ago. Yeah. They're like, <laughs> uh, I brought, I dropped off like two giant pieces and I got a call and they're like, um, you, um, stretched it. I'd stretch it backwards. Like the, <laughs> I stretched it on the wrong side of the yeah. bars. Oh, right, right, right. Like, oh my God. This so is the so little lip wasn't there. Yeah. 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 It was on the other side. Yeah. Nice. And so I was like, I'm so professional. So eventually I finally like they, by the time, like now they're like, they just have me um, go to a friend, like their framer and they stretch my pieces for me. But oh, I think cool. they wanted me to work up to that point. <laughs> I was like, you're going to draw like every time, you know, it's still to this day, like every time I, you know, I, it's been a while, but when I drop off pieces anywhere, I'm like, they're going to look at it and be like, see, I knew you're not a real artist. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Like you're going to, you're going to find that you're going to like that imposter syndrome still kind of, you know, peeks through, but now like I'm, you know, I feel more confident. It's been like three years now I'm there, for but, sure. um, cause they're a little, you know, they're a little different than like Shockbox, for example, where it's more like they're open to experimentation at Shockbox, yes. you know, it's you're, you can do whatever the hell you want and you're, and everyone's so supportive. Whereas like, you know, our space is a little different gallery where they, they have clients and they have certain yeah. collectors and they want this kind of thing. But, um, I feel lucky that they let me kind of do whatever I want as well. There's no, like, I need, you know, five of these exact paintings. It doesn't happen for me. Yeah. So they allow me to like, um, also just kind of give them what I have, but, um, yeah, so they, they, so they never push I you kind of, towards like a series, like, Oh, this series was really good. Try some more of these. Not since the, the very vein. beginning, not since oh, okay. the very beginning. Yeah. When I first started uh, with them, they, they, you know, they took one piece and they're like, can you ha make like five really big pieces similar to this? Mm -hmm. and um so that was the then but now it's just like now when they, they'll email me be like we don't you know you have only have like two small pieces left can you drop off some pieces so or like you know or bigger ones um and I've also gotten a lot of commissions from them as well like people go into the gallery and they'll see my work and then they'll contact me oh that's and, cool yeah it's just right off Beverly so it's a good walking gallery I mean walk, you know people walk yeah. by a lot so there's there's that gallery and then you know I have I haven't been to Shockbox in a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, it understandably. Was, yeah, understandably. And I'm like, you know, I was telling Mike, I'm like, I'm ready to get back in. I'm deaf, uh, there's a show coming up in December that yeah. for, I forgot what it was called. Uh, well, there's Jack George's show, which is opening Saturday. And then right. Intergalactic uh, right, 3 the Intergalactic is coming opened. in January. Yeah. January, right. So the yeah. deadline is December. That's right. So I'm yeah. going to be in that. I'm finally going to put a piece in for that one. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. So I'm going to come back. Um, I'm back. And yeah, I'm back. And, uh, you know, everything is in person now. So it's exciting. It was just that like. It's exciting. Yeah. The pandemic really fucked. Uh, it just like, we're all trauma bonded now. You know, we're all like, we just all 
went through it and it's just really exciting that everyone's coming back in person now i'm really i'm really excited about that at the beginning it was like oh this is fine you know online we're doing virtual stuff yeah and i was like i'm used to working in isolation but dude after a while my back like i tweet my i'm still recovering 11 months later and i'm like finally turning a corner but I, it was like a manifestation of what was going on. Oh, absolutely. Inside of well, me. Like we I said, was, your body, your yeah, body holds all in. For sure. Yeah. And it just, it put me literally on my ass. Like I couldn't work for a month and a yeah. half. And it's, I'm glad that I'm finally turning the corner, but it's really nice to have things open it up again, seeing people again. Yeah. And yeah, I can't wait to see your piece in the uh, intergalactic too. That's I know. Cool. I'm, yeah, I'm excited. And it's just, I'm just, you know, <clears throat> I'm kind of like, <clears throat> my gosh, I'm kind of going, <clears throat> I'm going with the flow, like whatever is happening, I'm just open to it. Like there's no, I'm not putting any pressure on myself. And because of that, there's just the opportunities are coming. I'm ready for them. Yes. And I'm just kind of grabbing them by, by the horns, as they say, I was going to say by the balls, but I don't think I said it. (laughs) You could say that too, whatever. Grab them by the balls and by the horns, get each side. Right. All of them should grab anything. But well, um, yeah, it's just, it's really cool to like, see, see it kind of come in fruition, like just being like in a good place mentally and everything else around you also. And like, because of that, like, you know, we're talking about the kids being affected and they're in a great place, you know, they're having my son and now it's like, I feel so complete with my family. Like yeah. I love hanging out with them. And, you know, it, the most skeptical one, my, my daughter who didn't want to talk to the baby when I was first pregnant, yeah. she's like obsessed with him. You know, she's, oh, good. Constantly like, she's like, let me hold him. Let me hold him. I was like, can I hold my baby for a second, please? <laughs> but she's like, you know, all she, she wants to be the one that holds him. And she's the one is like, you're not rocking him, you know, right. Or like, you know, yeah, she's yeah. Like, but, oh, that's nice. Um, that's good. Yeah. And so it's like, it feels, I feel really complete. Like he was like that little puzzle piece. I didn't know I needed. Yeah. And he like, I mean, I don't want to put all that pressure on him, but he really like, he healed me. He like, yeah. he having being pregnant with him and him coming, like it really changed my whole thing. And just having him as following my intuition and having this newborn the way, like it just feels right is also such a great lesson for me. And just, just going with the flow. Everything in my life is all about now going with the flow yes. and I'm no longer things like inconvenient things happen it's no longer a thing i'm like meh like what else like there's nothing that i'm just so grateful with what you've dealt with yeah like it's it's i'm good like it's there's it'll pass like it's just a even if if i'm in a feeling i know it's going to pass and before it was like this is how i'm going to feel for the rest of my life and it's yeah and now i know it's not and it's all because i was committed to like facing all of my shit and i think that's that's the lesson of the day is you have to face your shit. Yeah. And then you can yeah. face anything. I love it too. And, and I think it'll be always a special place for you. Like remembering this time, having your boy, because it's not only, you know, having your first boy and your, you know, a child, but also you coming to terms with everything and growing yeah. and evolving. That's it's amazing. We literally we're, we're born at the same time. Like, we yeah. Were, yeah. Like yeah. his birthday is like my birthday and he was That's born so on 1010, which I love. Oh yeah, that's like, great. Yeah, like it was like perfect because I'm such a like numerology per- like I love numbers and I constantly see like 10 10 12 12 you know like all the time. Part so, 3 with Sarah coming up numerology. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> <exactly>. <laughs> um, that's so yeah, cool. It's, it's, yeah, it's really cool and um you know it's just it's been um a big it's a long journey but I'm really I'm just it's looking back I can't believe it's only been like a year since I was like in a really, really bad place, really dark place. And it only took, you know, only, but 
that year so much has happened and and yeah. that just like proves like like so much can happen the moment you decide you want it to happen like the moment you truly feel that you want it to change because it's not just thoughts like you know you, like they always like with, with the attraction what's it called oh law, law of attraction. attraction yeah yeah so law of attraction they always say it's thoughts that change things but it's mm -hmm. not thoughts it's literally your feeling it's feeling you have to feel it Yep, and you can think positive thoughts all day long, but if you're not feeling those positive thoughts or or feeling, you know, compassion or to yourself or whatever it is, it's not going to come into fruition. It's so, so true. Yeah, and I know. So now, like because I work so hard, I know it's not going to be taken away from me because I have the tools now to deal with. And it's like you know, like I said, it's not linear. Yeah, like there's gonna be, of course gonna be bad days and stuff, but I have I have a good support system, and yeah, I'm really excited. I love to hear it, and I love to see you doing well, and see you creating again. I'm happy that you're happy. I mean, you went through extreme tragedy and a lot of different trauma and to see you come out on the other side is amazing. It's funny. You're talking about law of attraction. It's, it's so true. If nothing else that you get from law of attraction, you don't have to believe in everything, but the one thing above all is just like how important it is to feel good, like to genuinely yeah. feel good. Like that's where everything comes from because it just really kind of puts the spotlight on this is your life. And yeah, what are you going to do? Being happy is the, is the most important thing. And I know happiness and even if is you're, kind of- Even if you make yourself feel happy for even for five minutes while you're meditating, yeah. just to pretend, even just pre like fake it till you make it. Yeah, no, yeah, and, and, and it does make it. Yeah, it does make it. Like, yeah. that's like the thing. Like, I, I'm trying to teach my girls, like, you know, about confidence. Because right now, like, you know, being this age is, I hated being 12, 13, 14 years old. It was awful. Oh my God. And what my sister, my sisters, my older sister taught me that. She's like, fake it till you make it. Just like, fake the confidence and it will become, you'll become confident. And it goes with everything else. Like just feeling like if, you know, like I hate the positive, like the toxic positivity yes, that yes. spiritual groups have, but like to like make you just, you know, envision yourself in a happy place, even for five minutes, it will, it will show you that it works. And, sure. and then you can feel like shit the rest of the day. Like, you know, yeah. it's, it's really hard to be like, how am I supposed to be happy? I'm miserable. Like, what do you mean? But it's like, I mean, it takes work to get there, but like just to feel it for five minutes and then next day will be like 10 minutes. And then, you know, you can work up to feeling that way. And then eventually it becomes the real thing. It becomes a pattern. Yeah. yeah. You're, you're, it's like muscle memory. And I think it's really important to underscore that we're not talking about being phony and like no. creating phony happiness and all that bullshit. No, I but hate that. Yeah. I hate, I hate it too. But for me, like, I was just talking about this in an episode about just tricking your body, which is exactly what you're talking about. I will yeah. just kind of trick my body, whether that's through exercise or posture or standing mm -hmm. up or whatever, just to kind of trick it into feeling better. And then I will just, I, I just find that even if it's like you're saying, you can go back to feeling like shit, but I hardly ever do. I'm at least more productive. Right. I get more stuff done and my day ends up being better, which turns out to be my next day will be better. And exactly. my next morning, you know, so yeah, it's, um, it's a muscle like anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, tell it. people where they can find you. I know, I know everybody pretty much knows you on here, but where can they um, find you? I'm on, I'm on Instagram. Svieta is my name. That's my handle yes. and my name. <laughs> uh, I'm also on, That's on art. Yeah. I'm on artsy under Sarah Svetlana mm -hmm. and yeah, you can, could you, can could you spell me. on Instagram? It's I'll have it in the show notes too, but it's S V E T A. And then is my name. I S my name. Um, yeah. So it's yes. Svieta is like the, short version for Svetlana. Mm -hmm. So that's where that came from. Um, so yeah, but Instagram is kind of like where I is the best way to get a hold of me. I don't really, I mean, you can email me at Sarah S at gmail.com, but honestly, 
I'll probably never see it. You can email me, but I won't respond. I probably won't respond. <laughs> that's Just awesome. being honest. Yeah, I mean, Instagram, that's that's how we all communicate these days, it seems like. I know. But, um, I hate it, but I love it. Like, I, I use it strictly for work, and that's that's yeah. the way it's been really positive. Like, you know, um, my kids are on it. I force them to be private. But when you're doing it for, like, personal stuff, I, like, I hate, you know, it's just, like, everybody on it. It's just, you know, there's so many, crazy, always, so many yeah. cringies. Yeah. yeah, there really are. And that's why I always try to keep it all business, you know, business, creative yeah, works stuff, that way. no politics, yeah. no other BS. No, like my whole feed, all my, like my new feed is all like cool art. And I yeah. don't see, like, yeah. And that's, that, it made my little bubble and that's where I like it. That's great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks for coming on again. I'm hoping I can see you one of these days in uh, yeah. person. Are you, Absolutely. so you said I mean, you for- might not be a Jax show, right? I might probably, probably not because Saturday okay. I'm, yeah, but I'm going to definitely going to be at the intergalactic mm. um, in January. Cool. Awesome. So, well, I'll see yeah, you then. So, I mean, it feels like a million years away, but it's actually just like a month away. So, oh my God, which is crazy. everything's flying by. It really is. It really yeah. is. <laughs> well, I'm going to stop this, but stick around. Okay. Uh, everybody check out Sarah's work. She's awesome. Uh, thanks Thank for coming you. on. Thank you. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.